Eh, eh. All right. Landmark Sports Show is back. Landmark Sports Show is back, ladies and gentlemen, but we're doing things a little differently right now. Switching mediums, going over to the podcast world. That's right. With the times. That's right. Days we're not available to record in person. We're here on podcast. That's right. So we're we're excited about switching mediums. I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be some little hiccups along the way, right? And as we work out the kinks, the same way we did um, when we were filming on on the YouTube channel. But we expect to uh, you know turn out great products like always. For sure. All right, Ant, can you uh, can you get us jumped in, kick it off right away, talk a little bit about the big UFC fight last weekend? Well, firstly, before we get into that, I just want to say that, um, you know, I want to send my condolences to Kobe Bryant's family. Um, I'm sure everybody knows that him and his daughter, Gigi, were killed in a helicopter crash. And um, I can't imagine what his family is going through right now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I appreciate you leading off with that because, uh, yeah, condolences to everybody involved in that, including the people also that were, were on the helicopter that, you know, weren't Kobe and his daughter, but, you know, to them as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's been covered a lot in uh, the sports media the past couple of days, and it's a hard thing to cover because it's just it's just very, very sad. He was going to be inducted this year, too, into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he had he had a lot of life to live. Yeah, exactly. Only forty one. Life is precious. Yeah. All right. So on to the big fight. So last weekend, or like two weekends ago, soon to be two weekends ago, on January seventeenth, we had, or January eighteenth, excuse me, we had the return of the notorious Conor McGregor, as he defeated Donald Cowboy Cerrone by. Four by a TKO in the first round in only forty seconds. Big knockout. Huge knockout. I mean, oof. And Cowboy only Cowboy only really got one hit on him, right? He only got one strike. Yeah. And what's crazy is that Connor, the way he used his elbow striking, that was that was genius. Well, do you think it was a good move? I mean, obviously the result was good, but Connor seemed to really come out aggressive early. Um, do you think that was his game plan definitely going into it? So since um, he pretty much knew that, you know, Donald Cerrone, um, he doesn't really thrive in situations like this. Now, what do you, what do you mean by that? So I've heard, I've heard this, that he's like a slow starter. Um, is that what you mean by that? Cerrone is a slow starter, but when it but when it comes to like the big moments, like a Conor fight or the Rafael dos Anjos world title fight, he kind of crumbles. So Stephen A. has taken a lot of uh, he's taken a lot of heat this week because he basically said the same thing, right? That he kind of choked, that he chokes in big moments, that you know he wasn't sure how much he saw from Conor because Cowboy failed to show up. So do you think that? That's that Stephen A is receiving fair criticism, or do you think Stephen A is kind of on to something there? For me, what he also said was that he basically is saying that Cowboy Cerrone gave up in the fight. And, and uh, did you feel like he did? No, that is something I don't agree with one bit because everybody knows Donald Cerrone is not a quitter. So I see where the criticism is coming from. So I guess we're we're making the difference between kind of like choking and quitting, right? So yeah, maybe exactly. he didn't maybe he didn't come um 
as strong as we would have liked to have seen, but there wasn't it wasn't a matter of him quitting. You know, and uh, you know, as far as Stephen A. Smith goes, I don't think he's meant to like really analyze MMA fights. I think he should stick with like, you know, football, basketball. Yeah, that's been kind of a uh, that's been kind of a big thing this week, right? Like him and Joe Rogan going back and forth. Um, you know, basically telling Stephen A. to stay in his lane. So you think you think that's also kind of fair criticism of Stephen A.? Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, so is Connor back? What's what's going on with Connor now? You think? Well, we know according to uh, his coach John Kavanaugh, he wants to come back before the summertime. So he's thinking like maybe like a March or April return for Connor, because we know Connor said he wants to fight three times this year. And he doesn't want to wait for that Khabib Tony Ferguson fight if it happens. Oh, so Connor's not going to get Khabib next because he still has to fight Tony Ferguson. But it depends on if that fight actually happens, you know. Mm-hmm. So who do you see next for Connor then? Let's say that that fight's going to happen, but it's going to take too long for Connor. Who's who's next? You know, in my opinion, I think he should fight Justin Gaethje. You know, um, Gaethje. He's, in my opinion, the next number one contender after Tony Ferguson and. Uh, you know, after Dana White was saying that Connor's getting the next title shot, we we should do, you know, Gaethje versus Connor, the winner gets the next title shot. Almost like a semifinal match, sort of. He's going to be a number one contender fight. Okay. Now, Gaethje's in the same weight class. Connor enough to go up or down for that? Connor, you have to go back to lightweight. So you'd have to cut a little bit, but you don't think it'd be a big thing? No, it wouldn't be a big thing. Right. All right. And what do you make of this like bo- boxing talk again? You think anything's going to come of that or not really? I think that's just all talk, honestly. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think more than anything, Connor likes to get paid. So I think if the right opportunity came along where he thought that, you know, like the Mayweather situation where he thought he could make a big payday. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he jumped onto something, but you know, it also seems like he has more of a willingness to fight in the UFC than he had expressed in the last year or so. Um, all right. So we want to, you want to start looking forward to UFC 248? Oh yeah. 248. We have an announcement for that card. Yeah. What is it here? Breaky here. It is a UFC middleweight title fight between current champion Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. Now, Adesanya has looked really good. You think Romero's got a shot here? Or? He does, but um, I don't know, man. Um, you know, Romero's getting up there in age, and Adesanya is just so quick and so good. Yeah. Yeah, he's been, like, overwhelming in his last few fights, right? You go back to that Robert Whittaker fight. Like, ooh. Oh, I forgot. We didn't spend enough time talking about the fact that you, you picked Cowboy. <laughs> I actually thought Cowboy was actually going to win the fight just because, yeah. you know, I thought mm, Connor going back up to welterweight, putting on all that muscle, I thought that was going to work against him. All right, all right. I just gotta make sure. Uh, gotta make sure I, I call uh, call it when I see some of your 
your missed calls because you get so many of them right. I got to make sure I call it out. <laughs> All right. UFC 247, what are we looking at? Okay, so we are looking at a title fight, a light heavyweight title fight between John Jones and Dominic Reyes. That's a good one. And we're looking at Valentina Shevchenko versus Caitlin. Uh, I can't pronounce her name, or I forgot. I know her last name. Chukagayan? Chukagayan? Something like that. Chukagayan, mm-hmm. something like that. And that's for the flyweight title. All right. So anytime Jones fights, it's a big deal, right? Yeah, it's a big deal. You know, people get into his fights. Um, you know, he's one of the best fighters to do it. And you think Reyes has anything for him or not necessarily? Well, if you look at John Jones' last fight against Tiago Santos, you can see John Jones is slowing down a little bit. Um, he didn't really perform like like he usually would in a title fight. So you think there's a chance Reyes could catch him? Yeah, there's a good chance. All right. I think people would like to see that, right? He's kind of a guy that has been good for a long time that people sort of root against. So I'm sure they'd be excited about that. Yeah, exactly. All right. right. Is that about it in the world of UFC? Uh, Pretty much does it. All right. On to the NBA. I know it's it's a sad week in the NBA. We we talked a little bit about Kobe at the onset. But um, what do you think of some of the, um, I guess, you know, what would you say the – pain of respects that some, some people have been doing with the 24 second clock violations and that kind of stuff. Have you been keeping up with that? I have been, and it's so awesome. And now players are changing their numbers. So if they had number eight or number 24, they're changing their jersey numbers, which is pretty awesome. You know, an example, Spencer Dinwiddie from the Brooklyn Nets, he wore number eight, and he's changing his number to number 26. Is he going to keep it that way for a while now? It's pretty much going to be his uh, permanent number as long as he's. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah. Why twenty six? Uh, no reason. It's just that you know he wanted any number that wasn't number eight. Oh, just out of respect of not wearing eight. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I see. And speaking of Didwitty, how your how your nets looking? Uh, you know we're off to a not a great start. No, struggling a bit, huh? Yeah, and I think, you know, there's just so much inconsistency going on from around the whole team, you know? Why do they – does it seem like they've been playing better when Kyrie's not in? It doesn't seem like Kyrie's helping them much. You know, I've been saying that for a while. Um, but even then, when Kyrie was out, Nets was still a little inconsistent. Well, I mean, that being said, they're they're not that far off of an eight seed, right? They're not too far out of it. No, they're not. I mean, they're in the eight seed right now. Um, I can't exactly remember who's right behind them. I think it's the Bulls that are only like three games mm-hmm. behind. Yeah, they're right there, I think, right? Yeah. But, you know, I do think the Nets have been playing better without Kyrie. But it's just all around still inconsistency. Well... They're not going to have Durant this year, right? But you figure if they get Durant back, their year really is, is next year. They kind of knew this was going to be a sunk year, I feel like. Um, so, you know, it should be interesting to see what they can do next year. Sixers. They're looking pretty good. They they had a good win last night against the uh, Warriors. Yeah, Embiid is back. Um, yep. And Embiid had a good game in return, right? He had, like, what, 24 points? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's not bad. So, 
you know, I think they should be right in the mix in the East. They're not the best team in the East. No. Um, I think the Bucks Bucks are, but um, you know, they should be in the mix there at the end. I think so. I think um, definitely a surprising team this year is the Thunder for most people. Yeah, how's Chris Paul playing? Has he been playing well for them? Yeah, he's been playing very well. I think, honestly, um, when I look at Chris Paul, I think this was a good move for him to get traded to the uh, Thunder. Seemed like it, right? Like a little bit of a fresh start. Yeah, exactly, you know. And it's like, you know, between him, Steven Adams. So far, it's been a good year for basketball. You know, a lot of um, teams that are coming in surprisingly. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that could potentially win the, the championship. So that's that's a nice change after all these years of, like, Golden State, Golden State, Golden State. That's a nice a nice change. Exactly. All right, you ready to go to the big boys? Yep, let's do it. Super Bowl Sunday. So for those of you who don't know, the Super Bowl is this Sunday on Fox at 6.30. It is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. And what I've been saying, offense versus defense. Chiefs offense versus 49ers defense? Yep. How do you see this one playing out, Ant? Okay. How do you see it playing out here? Oh, man. You know, um... Obviously, I see both teams having huge success. Um, you know, I I couldn't pick a winner until right before we started recording, but I'm going to go with the 49ers to win this game. I think their defense is going to step in big time in this game. I think they're going to get to Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, you know, I just think the 49ers have what it takes to win it this year. Yeah, I agree. I've been I've been a little bit back and forth as to who I want to pick. Um, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I would like to see the Chiefs win. I, I really like Andy Reid. Um, I'd love to see him finally go to Super Bowl. But I'm picking the, I'm picking the 49ers by two touchdowns. I I kind of think that the Niners can get after Mahomes with their four defense alignment. You know, they, they can drop seven and cover. Um, they can play their zones on defense, and and you know the Chiefs have really. They've been coming out kind of sleepy and falling behind and then just sort of relying on Mahomes to bring them back. And against a really good defense like the 49ers, I don't know if you want to be doing that. Um, so I actually have the 49ers beating them by uh, by two touchdowns. I could see that. Yeah. You know, honestly, speaking about Andy Reid for a quick second, um, you know, after this year, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not, I don't think people can say that he can't come in big moments. No, no, I don't. I don't think they can either. I mean, this is the second time he's been to the Super Bowl, but it would certainly help his legacy if he's able to win one here. You know, it's, it definitely would. Um, but, but 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 for the Chiefs to win this game, they have to be aggressive early. Like they can't sleep around. No. No, no, they gotta. They can't go fall behind seventeen nothing or something like that because you know that's going to be too too big of a hole to climb out of um, with, against the Forty ers defense. That is just they're going to be on fire. Um, well, who's your who's your pick for MVP? MVP. Um, I'm actually going to give it to uh, Nick Boza. 
Reading my mind. You're reading my mind. I was going to say Nick Bosa also. He's easily getting defensive player of the year and – well, not defensive player of the year, excuse me, um, rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. And I think he'll get the MVP. Yeah, I kind of think it could be one of those games. Maybe he gets like two and a half sacks. He's got a bunch of tackles for loss. Um, nobody really goes crazy on the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers. Um, and uh, I would say – I'd see both. I mean, I would say also maybe potentially Kittle, you know, if Kittle catches yeah. a couple touchdowns. I could see Kittle, you know, maybe being the MVP. Um, but, yeah, I think I – think, Seeing a defensive battle from from the 49ers, but also I'm, I'm predicting a really exciting game, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Before, All right, well, MLB. Yeah, before we get off, let's get into this MLB real quick. We got a couple of managerial news, right? Luis Rojas, who's been with the Mets for 13 years, which most fans don't realize. He's, I had no idea. He's been with the Mets organization for 13 years. He coached in the minor league system. He helped Pete Alonso be where he is today. He has been hired to be the Mets manager. So you think this is a good hire? I think that's a really good hire. You know, now was he was he in the running when they hired Beltron? Like, was he going for the job before or no? I think he was, but I'm not sure. I think he was prepared to stay the minor league coach. Oh, I see. Well, good for him. Long time, you know, long time grinder there in the minor leagues and get an opportunity to be the head guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's good that you have somebody as a coach that as a manager that you're used to, you know. Right. All right. And then Uh, Dusty Baker. I like this hiring by the Astros. How old is Dusty Baker? I'm not sure. I think that's 70. I'm not sure. I think he's like. I think he's like 90. No, not 90. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a good hire. You know, that's a team that's built to win, even with all the, the controversy that's going on and losing Garrett Cole. Um, so, you know, I think you just want somebody to come in there and not go crazy and change a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, he's a nice 90-year-old option. But, yeah, Garrett Cole, he was like the only – I think he – why do I feel like he kind of knew that the Astros were in this position? You think? And that's why you wanted to get out of there? I, I think that's probably why he turned down that offer. Nah, I'm just kidding. He, he wanted to be. <laughs> he wanted to come to to the Yankees since that was his dream since he was little. But that is a good question. You know, with all this drama with the sign stealing, like, do you think that the pitchers knew about it or if it was just, like, within the hitter circles? You know, I wonder how – I wonder how quiet they kept it within their own locker room. The world may never know, or we'll probably find out in the next few weeks. Yeah, or yeah, somebody will do a book or something at some point, right? Probably. But I guess that's about it. And we're gonna. Uh, I'm I'm getting excited for the XFL. I want to talk XFL on our next show. Yeah, I'm super excited for the XFL, and uh, we could probably do another episode next week. Yeah, let's see how the schedule shakes out. But um, yeah, this podcast thing seemed uh, seemed pretty good. We'd have to get this circulating, get a million hits, and uh, go from there. No problem. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, is that us signing off on our first uh, our first official pod? All right, Ant. Talk to you later. Right, John, hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed. Bye.